This is Pod Populi, podcast for the people. Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. And welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. One of the things that I get to do as a pediatrician is attend conferences. And this year, I was able to attend an in-person conference at the Ohio American Academy of Pediatrics. During these conferences, and many who have attended conferences in the past, have there's exhibits. And so you get a lot of information about what's available for children around Ohio. And I happened to stumble upon a table and the exhibit was for a camp called Flying Horse Farms. And I was very, very interested. But of course, I didn't have a whole lot of time to talk to those that were there. And so I took the paperwork home and I I read through it and I thought, I really need to talk to these wonderful people that run the camp and are part of the camp as volunteers. And I even have a camper himself. So without further ado, I'm going to first introduce the doctor who is the medical director of Flying Horse Farms, and her name is Dr. Bethany. And she claims and states that, you know, camping, even before she became a doctor, has really played a big role in her life. She worked at a summer camp for six years through high school and college and even met her husband there, which is really, really cool. She grew up in the Akron area and she went to Bowling Green for her undergrad in Ohio State for medical school. And she really wanted to um, create this this wonderful um, camp, and who, which is committed to providing health and healing experiences for not just the camper, but the whole family. And I'm not going to tell you too much more about the camp because I really want uh, my guests to tell a little bit more. But I also want to mention that um, I also have Mr. Bradley Scott, who is uh, one of the campers, and I have, he's accompanied by his mom, Carrie. So thank you, Scott, Carrie, and Dr. Scott, (laughs) your last name is Scott, Brady and Carrie and Dr. Bethany for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and chat more about what we do at Flying Horse Farms. And we're excited to share our story too. I love it. I want to tell you something, Brady. You're actually the first guest on my, well, I take that back. I think you're the second. I do have a nephew who came on the show once before, but I love having kids on the show. And uh, so when I say you're a special guest, you really are very special. So Brady, before we get started, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I'm 13. I love to play sports. Um, my favorite sport is probably soccer because I've been playing it since I could walk, but I also play baseball. That's and great. I really like sports, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And who's with you there? My mother. Yeah. <laughs> mother, mother today. Huh? Yeah, that's awesome. 
Well, I'd like to start by just finding out, you know, um, like I said, I really, as a pediatrician, wanted to know more about this amazing camp. And I, um, Dr. Bethany, tell me a little bit about the camp and how you're, you got started getting involved with it. Yeah, so Flying Horse Farms is a medical specialty camp, and we really make it our mission to make it possible for kids with serious illnesses to heal, grow, and thrive. And so our goal is that a camper that has a serious medical condition can really walk through our gates and leave that condition behind them. And so when they walk through the hole in the wall of our big red barn, it's sort of this symbolic moment where they can just sort of leave it behind and just get to be kids and have a blast, whether that's on our high ropes course, Brady swimming in the pool or uh, making something in arts and crafts, really anywhere at camp, they can just sort of leave that behind them, which they don't often get to do in other places in their life. Um, And so we specialize in adaptations and also medical and psychosocial care for our campers. So we're staffed with physicians, nurses, really a full team of psychosocial support. Um, We have an amazing program team that specializes in really adapting any activity area for whatever a camper might need. Um, And it's really an incredible opportunity for these kids um, who may not be able to attend a traditional summer camp to still have that experience that so many of us relate to from our own childhoods. Is this something that is, I mean, I realize being in Ohio, we have to battle the weather. But is this a camp that's just in the summertime? So our typical camp experiences, like what you would think of as summer camp, are during the summer. But we also do spring and fall family camps where Brady, if he wants to, can bring his mom or siblings or anybody else he wants to bring along. Um, And those are always in the spring and the fall. But our typical kind of campers come to spend six days are all in the summer. And, And it's daytime. It's not an overnight. It is, is an overnight. Oh, it is um, overnight. overnight. Yeah. Oh. So they're able to stay for five nights and six days um, and really get that traditional sleeping in cabins and hanging out with their bunk mates and the whole camp experience. Wow. So Brady, how how many years have you been going to that camp? He started when he was nine. Okay. So we went for, I gotta think about it. We went at nine, we went at ten. It was eleven, twelve COVID. Oh, I know. I feel like we lost, we lost a little bit of time in there and then we went last year. So I think he's been three times. To, and then we've gone to every family camp. Yeah. So they, they kind of modified the family camp to make it work the year that they didn't have summer camps. Yes. So. I know. I, I think sometimes I try in my mind to forget there was those couple years where we, we didn't get to participate, but I'm glad you got to this past summer. Yeah. Well, Brady, I'd love to know your perspective on the camp. So tell me what it was like when you first went and what you still like about it. When I first went, I didn't want to really be there. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> then I understand that. We had I loved my um, cabin leaders and uh, like my all my roommates and like the other kids, like kind of like me. Then there was. One time we went family camp and there was a, another family and a name Brady and he pretty much had the same thing as me, okay. which I thought was cool. And I liked the archery, the ropes, courts, and swimming too. Would you be open to either telling me what your diagnosis is or if, if you prefer your mother? 
Yeah, it would. People can't see. He's pointing to mom right now, and that's okay. That's why I asked. Yeah, mom. yeah. So Brady's kind of complicated. He doesn't fit like in a traditional box, but he his his I guess top diagnosis is mast cell activation syndrome. So okay. it's basically his mast cells are in overdrive all the time. Um, for him, he reacts most to food. So when he first went to camp number one, I'd never left him with anyone. And number two, he, no one had ever cooked for him, Mm. literally no one. And so, um, I mean, they're, they, when I say that Flying Horse Farms has thought of everything, they truly have. And there's so many different kids with so many different diagnoses. It's amazing to me how they like, but so they had their chef call me, find out exactly what his safe foods were. And he made along with making the food for however many kids there were there, he made Brady his own safe food. And it was just, it floored me that number one, he could go. And number two, I (laughs) at such ease. So he, uh, he's kind of evolved a little bit. We've got a lot more safe foods now and he's not so complicated, but um, it was just like finding fine horse farms was something I never thought would be possible for him. Right. I would, I would think any parent would be very nervous to know that, you know, because when you have control over his diet and what he's eating and and so on, you know, we, we, you know, he's safe. So to have that trust and that confidence in the camp to know that he was going to be safe. And Brady, it it was, it was, um, you know, his physician, Dr. Ross tried multiple times to get me to sign up. And I was like, there's actually no way that I'm driving him two and a half hours away and leaving him in the woods with strangers. Yeah. <laughs> Can't I... leave him with my people. That's not happening. But the way they, the way they meet with you one-on-one and they know everything about your kid and everything to watch for and everything to do and the full-time medical staff that's there. Um, it's just an amazing place. And how did you hear about it? Did you say through your provider? Um, Through his cardiologist. Yeah, his cardiologist, Dr. Ross, who is also, and I, Dr. Bethany can correct me. I'm not sure what his exact title at camp is, but he, uh, he was like, he handed me a brochure and was like, oh, I think Brady would love this. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he would. And I threw it away. I happened to work at the same hospital. And so every time he saw me, he was like, do you fill that out yet? And I'm like, no, it's <laughs> happening. And finally he was like, just fill it out. And I'm like, fine, I'll fill it out, but he's not going. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't until I had the two phone calls, one from the medical staff and one from the chef. And I was like, okay, maybe he can do this. Maybe this will work. And so how, how did it go the first time? Amazing. I don't want to leave. Yeah. Aww. When I off, he was like, I don't like you. You can't leave me here. Aww. And I'm not getting out of the car. And then when I picked him up, he was like, I'm not coming home with you. You can't make <laughs> me leave. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was flawless. So it was amazing. And it was good for us because I have three other kids and, you kind of forget when you have one with medical needs, you kind of get wrapped and he's the baby too. So he, he gets it all from all sides, but it was good for us to have time where we didn't have to worry about Brady stuff, meds and all that good stuff. And, and it just gave us a time as a family to just be. 
it sounds amazing. And I'm sure that that I, I know just as a parent, dropping my child off to any camp was a little bit nerve wracking, you know, because you can't really get a hold of them during that time. I don't know if you still have communication, but I remember being scared and, and just, you know, trusting in, in the hands that they were in. Dr. Yeah. Bethany, how many campers are there at one time? So depending on the week, our full capacity would be 75 to 90 campers. Um, so it just sort of depends on, we group them by diagnosis. And the goal for that is so that we have um, campers that really can find other campers who they relate to. So like Brady was saying that it was really powerful for him when he met another camper that had the same condition as he did. Um, and we really make it camper driven. So we never ask them to talk about their diagnosis. We never say, you know, what are you here for? But they're given opportunities if they choose to, to have those conversations. Um, but for that reason, we group by diagnosis. So we'll have a heart week, we have a pulmonary week, et cetera. Um, and the other reason that we really like to do that is so that we can recruit our medical expertise to match the camper population that we have there that week. So during heart week, we're going to have a cardiologist there. And during pulmonary week, we're going to have a pulmonologist there as, rel as well as general volunteers. And um, similar with our nursing team, we're going to recruit the expertise that we need. And so if it's hemonc week, we make sure that we have nurses who are really comfortable with ports and, you know, whatever else we may need to, to do for that particular camper set. Um, but a full week would be 75 to 90 campers. And what is the age group typically that that you um, that the kids register and, and get involved in? So for our typical summer programming, it's eight to 15 year olds. And we also have some adolescent and young adult programs. So we have a servant leadership program for 16 and 17 year olds. And then we also have a trailblazer program for 16 to 21 year olds. So depending on sort of which one of those they fall into or are interested in all the way up to age 21. Um, and then for our family camps, they can be as young as seven so that they can sort of get that taste of camp, come with their family, um, realize how amazing it is, and then come the next time for summer. Do you ever find some of your campers that have graduated out of the program come back and volunteer? Absolutely. Um, it's a huge part of our volunteer base. Um, and we also have summer staff. So we have seasonal staff that come for the whole summer. And we had, it was probably about 20% of our summer staff this year were former campers, which was pretty incredible. And I know, Carrie, you became a volunteer, correct? Or you have I volunteered. Did. Yeah, so I had signed up before COVID hit. To I'm also a pediatric nurse, so I thought if I could give another, you know, family this opportunity. Um, so of course, COVID came, but I did get to go this summer, and I did um, a week of the residential, and then I was able to do two family camps, and it was it was amazing, like almost as amazing as him getting to go and our family camp. It was just. The to see the flip side and see how much work goes into it made it all the more special for him to be there. Um, but it also the kids like what they gave back was just phenomenal. It sounds like an amazing community that these kids that they just get to be no matter what, and yeah. uh, and that the families are involved. I really love that idea too. Brady, were you there when your mom was volunteering? Nope. Okay. I was going to ask, I was like, how is that like, what was that like having no, mom at camp? We, yeah, we did that on purpose. 
to give him his experience and to give me a chance to do the medical without, you know, interrupting his, his experience. So yeah, we, we planned that on purpose. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me. It really does. I think as a mom, I would constantly also want to know where he is and what he's doing. And really the point is to let him be. So yeah. Yeah. And how many years has the camp been, been there? So camp first opened in 2010 um, for Flying Horse Farms specifically. Um, We're part of a bigger network called the Serious Fun Children's Network. And that's a global network of about 30 camps, um, nine of which are in the United States. And that was initially started in 1988 by actor and philanthropist Paul Newman. Really? I had no idea. So in that collaboration, were you able to get the groundwork then to create flying farms, flying horse farms? Yeah, so they, Flying Horse Farms has always been part of the Serious Fun Children's Network, and so they had a lot of support. We even had Paul Newman visit the site before any buildings were built, and there wasn't anything on the land. Um, But we were initially started by our founders, David and Jenny Belford from Columbus, um, who donated the land and have been very uh, generous supporters of what we do here at camp. Um, But we have been affiliated with the Serious Fun Children's Network. And where did you get the name? That was a um, that was a name that the Belford family uh, came up with based on a children's book that was one of their favorite books to read to their kids. Um, in that book, there's a big red barn and it has a flying horse weather vane on the top. Um, and so that's where that initially came from, just that kind of magical thinking of that flying horse. Um, but despite the common belief, we do not have horses at camp. <laughs> I remember when I first walked up to the table in Columbus, I literally thought it was some kind of equestrian uh, program for, for you know, kids with superpowers, as I like to call it. And, um, and so I remember, you know, you guys were like, no, 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 let's, it's, it's not, it's not what you think. So, um, so thank you for sharing that, because I, I think that's such a cool story on how the, the name came about. Brady, tell me what you do when you're there. Um, so when we first get there, we just hang out in the cabin. Our parents leave and we wait for like mostly everyone to get there. And then the and first cry because you're sad and I'm gone. <laughs> the first night we have an opening campfire and dinner. And then the rest of the week is normal. We wake up, we have activities and hang out with our roommates and we have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What kind of activities do you do? We have archery, fishing. Fishing was down this year because they had to fix the pond, but it should be back up at night, right? Yeah. <laughs> we have, yeah, that swimming. There's also um, arts and crafts and zip lining. And the woodshop. And the woodshop. And then I think in the middle of the week, they have a paint war which is also really fun. Yeah, tell me about that. Tell me more about it. So we eat lunch and then we go to our uh, cabin and sleep for now, which is called siesta. Oh, siesta. And then we put our white clothes on because the paint, and then we go up there and there's just cool activities with paint. Yeah, I think one of the pictures I sent you is of him after the paint war. That makes more sense now. I did. I had a chance yeah. to look at those pictures and I thought. Yeah, they 
do all sorts of activities like a car wash with noodles and paint and all sorts of fun stuff. I got to be on the flip side of that. And I don't think I've laughed that much in my adult life. It was hilarious. <laughs> you mean with the paint? Yeah. So when I, when I volunteered, I got to participate in it and the kids just love putting their handprints on you and splattering you with paint. <laughs> I think I would like paint. it too. Yeah. That's fun. What is your favorite thing to do? It's just all so great. You're like, I can't think of one. Yeah. Probably, if I had to choose, probably zip lining or archery. Yeah. But that's cool that you get to do a lot of things, and it sounds like you like just about everything, too. That's cool. How many are in your cabin? Um. So we, there's three bunk beds aside, so usually 12 at most. Okay, so in, in one cabin. Yeah, so we typically have about eight to 10 campers per cabin, um, and then three to four counselors. And then each cabin is assigned a nurse that specifically works with that particular cabin of campers. We get our meds when we're supposed to. Yes, yes. And how is the food? Your mom got a chance to talk to the chef. Was the food okay? The food is amazing. Oh, I love that. I love hearing yeah, that. He says it's better than my cooking, so they win. <laughs> well, he is a trained chef, so there is that, right? Yeah, right. Dr. Bethany, tell me when you first started it, were were there any roadblocks or barriers that you have found that you needed to overcome, and how did you manage to um create wins out of those? That's a great question. And um, just for clarity, I've been there about a year, so I haven't been there since the beginning. Um, So I don't want to take any credit away from those that did start it. But I think one of our sort of always pushes is just getting the word out and specifically with other physicians. Um, We call them our hospital and patient champions, those people that are really the advocates for camp, because without our physicians knowing about camp and what we do, it's really hard to have campers find out about what we do. Um, And so we really are always striving to, you know, talk to hospitals, talk to different departments and hospitals, talk to different groups of pediatricians um, throughout the state of Ohio and the surrounding states. We go over into Indianapolis and Pittsburgh and down to Kentucky and up through Michigan. And um, so it's really always just sort of wanting to get the word out and knowing that we're going to have the support so that we know when Brady comes, we can keep Brady safe while he's there Um, and really matching the expertise and the needs for what everybody needs so that when a mom like Carrie drops him off, she's comfortable because she's met us she knows that we've thought of everything that he might need um, and really have that support structure in place and that is so important for children I I have been a pediatrician now for 26 years and I also am um, a a physician you know on the uh, Bureau of Children with Medical Handicaps and I've seen the gamut of families all trying to do their very best But feeling, and I'm sure, Carrie, you kind of felt this way. You mentioned it in the beginning, like feeling you need to put your child in a bubble. And I, and I, again, I completely understand that because you, our job is to keep them safe, you know? And, um, and so what I love about the camp is it gives an opportunity for these kids to kind of get 
get out of that bubble, so to speak, if it's there, first of all. And I'm not saying that they never experience, you know, life in general, but I'm just saying to be able to do something on their own, that's, that's theirs that they can own and, um, and really be able to participate in. I am thinking of families right now that I know would really struggle with that. So how did you get, I mean, I know you talked to the, the, you know, the staff and everything, but how did that week go for you, Carrie, so that other parents can know, look, this is really something that they need to look into. So I know like I had the phone calls before camp and that calmed me maybe 50%. I think what the selling point for me, besides the fact that he did amazing and had an amazing time was when you get to camp, you don't just like, here's your backpack. See you later. (laughs) You actually sit down with the nurse that's going to have them because the nurse, there's one nurse per cabin, usually sometimes more if there's higher acuity. But so like as the nurse, I sat down with these families one-on-one for however long they need. And you go over literally everything about your kid. You go over their meds, what to look for, what to watch for. And I really felt like she got it and understood and could be me so that I could step away. And I think that was what really was like, now don't get me wrong. I was a nervous wreck the whole week, but he, I mean, he did great. Like he did great and had, there were no issues and came back happy and excited for the next year. And so that was, but I think the selling point was that one nurse that she knew him and she was going to be me for the week. Because being a pediatric nurse yourself, that could be good or bad. You know, sometimes it's good because you know, okay, you know, they're going to be okay. I know, but also you know what you know. And so that, that kind of can create a little bit of anxiety. And, um, and that just says a lot for the camp itself and those that are on staff that you were able to feel comfortable then with knowing that that nurse was listening to you and, and really, as well as the chef. I mean, it, it takes every little integral part of the camp, I'm sure. Right. And knowing that if something went wrong, they have like a full service, almost like in a hospital ER that they can run. Um, they have IV equipment and they have physicians there. And so in my mind, if something were to happen, you know, when he was at school, it was always like, what are they going to do? They're not going to know what to do. But I just felt like they knew, I knew that they would be able to handle it. They also have their psychosocial team, which is amazing too, you know, for those big feelings of being away from mom for the first time. He doesn't have that anymore. He doesn't miss me anymore. But (laughs) when he did, you know, just someone to talk to and Brady's personality, he really attracts to adults. And so those are his people still to this day. Like those, those are his favorite people. So it's kind of cool. So Brady, you mentioned that you met another friend named Brady. And do you, now that you've gone to camp a few times, are there campers that you've seen, you know, from one year to the next, like, and look forward to seeing them? Um, sometimes like during COVID, I don't know if some people stopped going and, or just didn't go, but I saw one kid, I forget his name. And I, um, I see my sidekicks and like all the other people that, that work there. So there were some familiar faces, but also pretty often they don't live too far from us and they're a soccer family too. So we get to 
hit up with them every once in a while. Yes, that's good. Because I think seeing familiar faces, but also meeting new people, it, it's it's like the perfect uh, package, it sounds like to me. Yeah. And also, I think that's really important for families and physicians to know about what what happens if something does happen. And so I know Carrie, you know, mentioned it, but Dr. Bethany, if you could give a little bit more information on what, you know, you do if there is something urgent or an emergency. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I wanted to add to Carrie's point that we, one of our camp values is with trust comes relief. And so we really take seriously that we are there to gain the trust that these families um, are understandingly hesitant to give away. Um, you know, they have these campers who have been through a lot sometimes and they want to know that they're safe. And we really make it our mission to earn that trust and show them that we are ready for whatever might be needed. Um, and so on site, we have what's called the well nest, which is a fully functioning pediatric urgent care, essentially. Um, so we have a critical care room that if we ever needed to have a medical emergency, we're fully equipped to do anything that might be needed um, to help stabilize and keep a camper safe. We also have exam rooms, we have overnight observation rooms. If a camper needed to stay even overnight, we can watch them and monitor them. We have all of the equipment that a traditional urgent care would have. So IV fluids, IV antibiotics, antibiotics by mouth, really anything that a standard urgent care would have, we're there and ready to, to use if we needed to. And of course, that would all be, you know, in conversation with the family. We wouldn't treat Brady without first calling Carrie. Um, you know, we're going to have those conversations of, I think this is what's going on. This is what we're going to, um, we would like to do. Would you like to come get Brady? Would you like to talk to him? You know, it's all very much interactions with the family as well. Um, but we are, we're ready for anything that we might need. And part of that is the amazing medical volunteers that we have and our staff and our summer staff too. Any given week, we're going to have at least three to four physicians on site 24 seven, including having nursing and physician coverage overnight. So we're always ready. We're always there. Um, the medical staff literally stays just up the stairs from the urgent care, the wellness, um, and we're there and we're ready. If, you know, Brady needs somebody at 3 a.m., we're going to be there. And do you, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to this because it's, it sounds incredible how do you fund a lot of that, those resources? So all of our camp experiences are completely free of charge to all families, um, regardless of their position. We never charge a family for any of their camp experiences. And so a lot of our funding comes from just donors. Um, we do a lot of philanthropic um, fundraising. And some of that comes from individuals who, who feel passionate about our mission. Some of it comes from corporations and um, really amazing companies that partner with us in our work. Some of it comes from hospitals and some of it's through donations of, you know, materials or products or things like that. Um, but a large part of our funding is through donations. We also have some uh, rentals that we do. So when we're not having camp, some organizations will rent the property. Um, and that's one of the ways that we generate some of our revenue. And then we also do uh, some grants, some of them, including like government grants, but uh, mostly through donations. 
And before before we end today, we'll talk about how people can donate for sure, as well as how families can get in touch with uh, Flying Farms, um, Flying Horse. Why do I want to fly the farm? Flying Horse Farms and uh, and so on. So we'll, we'll I absolutely want to share that with everybody. And then the uh, but what I hear you saying, too, is that the volunteers are just that they're most of them are just volunteers. Absolutely. So we have every camp session takes about 50 to 60 volunteers to make it happen. And that's certainly nurses and physicians, but the majority of that is on our programming team. And so it's, you know, a 20 year old college kid who has some time off and comes to hang out with our campers for a week or the whole summer. Um, And we have adults who just really love our mission and come, but We have volunteers across all ages, all walks of life who come to really make camp possible, and we couldn't do it without them. Is there any, I'm going to use the word patient with lack of a better term, maybe a child, is there any child that would not be an appropriate camper? So we have diagnosis groups and we have kind of qualifying diagnoses within those groups. And um, a lot of times if a camper doesn't fit, you know, into one of our clear groups, then it's it's a case by case discussion. We're always happy to have a family or a physician reach out to our medical team and talk about um, what that camper's needs might be and if we can safely accommodate them at camp. But um, for the most part, it's kind of within our groupings, but we also have a rare diseases week for those campers who, you know, maybe just have something that isn't really cleanly, like Carrie was saying, Brady doesn't follow the rules in a lot of ways. Um, And so it's one of those things that we can make it work within another group. And I love hearing that you're saying that because medicine isn't black and white, right? And so each, each child being um, evaluated and, um, given the opportunity based on their individuality is sounds like an important value for you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's part of that sort of the trust through the medical process. You know, Carrie mentioned that she had two different people call her before camp. um, And that's part of our screening process. So anytime a camper applies to come to camp, there's a very thorough review that happens of their application. So our medical team is going to review it. Our psychosocial team is going to review it. Um, The family has an opportunity to check a box that says, I would like the medical team to call me, or I would like the food service team to call me, depending on that camper's needs and that family comfort level. And we really do a very thorough review to make sure that, um, you know, it's a great fit and that that camper will have their needs met while they're at camp. And um, if any phone calls are needed or any additional supplies are needed, like there's a process in place to make sure that we're going to be able to accommodate all of that. And I would imagine that um, in that process too, that they would have to have uh, some sort of medical clearance as well. Exactly. Yep. So we do a medical clearing process where um, as they go through that application review, they get cleared and then they would be enrolled and let we would let them know that they have a spot in camp and what they should pack in their bag. Wow. Brady, I I can tell like when you talk about the camp, you know, you've got a smile on your face and, and you really like it. Um, and you said to me you liked the archery and also um some of the other activities, but what is, what is it exactly? Like, what would you tell another kid your age about the camp? Like, how would you tell them about it and, and how would you encourage them to do it? 
Um, I would probably just say, like, I didn't want to go. Like, you probably won't want to go. Like, one of my, my mom's best friend's son, he didn't want to go. And then when he got there, he had the best time of his life. Like, everything, they, they think of everything to do. Like, if you're bored, they have games right around the corner in the cabins. You play and just have fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And and I'm assuming too, Brady, that you're kind of your um roommates are also around your same age. Is that is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's Fire Village, Water Village, Mountain Village, and um what's the other one? Rangers. Rangers, yeah. And what and are the, oh go ahead. And they're just based on ages and there's girls' cabins our age and boys' cabins my age. Okay, okay. So go into a little bit further about what those, which one are you in? Do you remember? Fire. Fire. So tell me about that. Like, is is this a group of? Oh, I'm in the mountain. <laughs> yeah, oh, which one? I'm sorry. The mountain. I'm in the mountain. Mountain. Okay. Yeah. So tell me, like, who's in mountain? Like, is that basically boys in at a certain age yeah it's like around 13 you want dr bethany to answer yes <laughs> <laughs> all right that, i know it's like well i don't know why no i get it i get it it's just yeah. the name of your group right yeah so from uh youngest to oldest it would be water fire mountain and rangers um and they do have general age ranges for those but we also group campers by developmental level and so sometimes it might not exactly follow chronological age um and so i hesitate to give kind of exact age ranges because it really just depends and it can also depend a little bit on you know how many campers apply in a certain week in a certain age group but um we do have kind of generally we have boys and girls cabins and um, we also are exploring inclusive and all gendered cabins as well Mm -hmm. Um, but we we group campers around their same age group and around their same developmental level um, as well as gendered cabins um, if preferenced. And what I'd also like to know uh, from Brady is do you feel like and I'm pausing for a second, I'm going to cut this part out, but I'm thinking to myself, like, do you feel like when, and let me rephrase that, Er, (laughs) Brady, (laughs) some people, when they come out of an experience, they feel like it changed them, or they grew, or they learned something about themselves or about others. Was there something after the camp that you felt like, you just that changed you yeah I feel like just like knowing that it's not just me that's different from other people that are normal and knowing that other people like me aren't like can just have fun and not think about the illness yeah thank you for sharing that I think that's really powerful right it's pretty cool and and that for me was the greatest thing about it because going into it I thought okay they're they're going to sit around and talk about what's wrong with them and they're going to like wallow in this. And that's the best part about camp is when you walk through those doors, you're not sick, you're not different. Like everyone has something going on because now like at home, like I'll yell out the window, like come take your medicine. And they're all like, what's your medicine for? And he, he gets embarrassed. But at camp, the way they do it is 
every, either everyone's getting their medicine or if it's at a different time, the nurses just kind of pop out wherever they are and no one even blinks because that's normal at camp, right? Yeah. So that for me as a parent, that was one of my fears that it was going to be this weird experience where he was going to come away thinking, because I'm not sure he knew at nine that there was, you know, he hadn't entered into the junior high stuff yet. So it, but it wasn't that way. Like it, it was, they were just able to be kids and do all the normal kid things. And it wasn't about being sick. So for me, that was the greatest thing. And Brady, are you looking forward to next year? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, do you go at a certain time? You know, like, do you like to, to... Mm -hmm. I go to rare disease week. Okay. And then, and when is that like earlier in the summer, middle, end of the summer typically, or does it change Dr. Bethany? It changes. It's not always the same, um, depending on the year. We do have our full 2023 camp calendar scheduled, and I'll be happy to kind of share that with you and follow up so you can share it with your listeners as well. Yeah. Um, but it changes different weeks for different diagnoses each year. Why would you share with everybody, Dr. Bethany, how do they find out more about Flying Horse Farms? The best place to find out more is always our website. So flyinghorsefarms.org is going to be your general resource page for all things, whether you're interested in coming as a camper, whether you're interested in volunteering, donating, really anything that you might be interested in, you're going to find a page for that at flyinghorsefarms.org. The camp schedule is there. The link to apply for camper uh, is open. All of that's open. We actually launched our camper applications on December 1st. So they are currently open for our 2023 Yay. season. We would love to see uh, more campers applying and coming uh, to camp. And the same link there is to come to volunteer as well. And I just want to confirm, you said this is free for the families, correct? Absolutely. Completely free of charge for all families, all camp experiences. Wow. What a relief. I mean, let alone just taking that step to um, involve your child in it, but then to also know there isn't a financial burden is, is huge. That's huge. It's really a big goal of ours to lift burdens wherever we can, whether that's financial or just the pressure of worrying about what your camper might need while they're at camp. Um, we supply all of our linens, towels, bedding, you know, everything that a camper might need while they're there. They really just need to bring their clothes and a sense of adventure, and we're going to take care of the rest. So basically, they just need to get there. That's Absolutely. that's that's the uh, apply obviously and and get there. So by going to flyinghorsefarms.org, that's where if you're interested in in going to camp, there's applications and calendars and it's open already for next year, which is wonderful. And that's also where you can find out how to donate, which of course I want to encourage everybody. I literally have chills just talking about this program, especially now that I know more. And, um, and also where you can sign up to volunteer. Is that right? 
Absolutely. We would love to have a huge following from growing up with Dr. Sarah show up at camp this summer. Yes, yes. Well, I know for sure I am going to be talking to a lot of my families, just like the cardiologist spoke to you, Carrie, and 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 share that. I'm also going to make it a point to come and visit and uh, this summer and take a look firsthand myself what this wonderful place is like. I want to share with everybody before I just kind of get one last word. Um, from my guests today, which I really enjoyed talking to everybody. And that is when I was looking at the website myself, I want to read what they what they say on the website. And that is flying horse farms where children with serious illness live without limits. And I just like I said, I get chills just thinking about that. I had an opportunity, but just once to work at a camp when I was in my residency and it was a hematology oncology camp. And I know if there's anybody out there that is even slightly considering volunteering, it is one of the most rewarding experiences that I ever had. And I would imagine for all those that participate in your camp. Well, I'm going to ask if you don't mind before we wrap up, just to give your last words about what you'd like to say or share, either you know, reiterating what we've already talked about or anything more we need to know about flying horse farms. And can I start with you, Dr. Bethany? Absolutely. Uh, it's been the privilege of my lifetime to be affiliated with flying horse farms, truly. And that really comes back to Campers First, another one of our camp values. You know, everything that we do is for these campers um, and for these kids and just giving them these experiences. And so it's a, a huge privilege and an honor that I'm part of this organization. And I really appreciated the opportunity to talk with you about it today. Thank you so much. And it, it's it's a privilege to talk to you and to hear about the wonderful experience a wonderful and safe experience that you're creating for these children. Carrie, what would you like to say? Um, I think the same. It, it's been the biggest blessing to be part of camp and we've gotten to see all sides of it. We've helped with fundraising. I've gotten to volunteer. And obviously the biggest thing is Brady getting the experience. And I guess I would just encourage whether you have, whether you're a parent with a child with special needs or whether you're just interested in being part of the magic, do it because all from all angles, it'll be the best thing you've ever done. And Brady, thank you for being on the show. I love it. Tell me, what would you like? One last word for everyone. What's the take-home point everybody needs to know about the camp? I agree. I agree with both of them, but the one thing I like that they always remind you of, if you're leaving the gate or coming in the gate, you're always going home. Oh, well, I think that's a wonderful way to wrap this up. Thank you again. And please don't hesitate to just visit the flyinghorsefarms.org. You'll be amazed and hear more and be able to read and learn more about this amazing experience. And I love, again, I want to reiterate that these children get to live without limits and parents feel safe about it. And, uh, you know, like Dr. Beth Bethany said, they're prepared for anything that can happen in an emergency and do everything they can to make these children safe 
medically as well as emotionally. So thank you again. And thank you. Don't, don't forget to uh, follow Dr. Sarah, Growing Up with Dr. Sarah, on wherever you like to listen to your shows, like Spotify or Apple Podcast. And let's grow up together. <laughs> <laughs>